A clairvoyant. The definition of a clairvoyant is to be able to see beyond the range of ordinary perception. Also, it's relating to the power or faculty of discerning objects not present to the senses. A sample sentence of this would be, We thought Carol was clairvoyant because she correctly guessed which of the elevator doors would open after we pressed the button. Clairvoyant. Wouldn't we all want to experience a bit of clairvoyance in our life? Like, wouldn't we like certainty that the job we apply for, we were going to get? The mate that we choose will choose us. The marriage that we have will last forever. And the lottery ticket we buy will win us millions. And the sports teams that we love will always win. And that is what we want. When you hear people talk about being clairvoyant, you never hear them talk in the realm of seeing the future and seeing negative outcomes. And what would you do if you were able to look into the future and see a negative outcome? What would you do? How would you react? You see, maybe the reason we aren't clairvoyant is to protect us from bad choices we would make if we had the opportunity to see our negativity. Welcome to the Stephen Thompson Experience. My name is Stephen Thompson, and this is my experience. I am a husband. I'm a father. I'm a man of faith. I'm a man who's just trying to work it out. And I would love to have a conversation with us all today about the gray areas, the, the, the answers to questions that aren't easy to figure out so that we can all work together and come to some sort of meaningful way to do purpose-driven work that we're proud of and to connect with our gifts and our talents on a level so we can go out and make the change in the world that we hope to make. And this month I'm looking at the music of Lady Gaga and today I'm looking at the song Dancing in the Dark. Dance in the Dark was on Lady Gaga's Born This Way album. And when you go to Gagapedia, you will find out that she wrote this song. It was about a girl who was having body image problems. And Dancing in the Dark meant that she felt comfortable with her body image in the dark when the lights were out. And Gaga wrote it, and what she said in an interview is that she didn't write this song so that people could feel like they were free to dance in the dark and free to find a place where they could experience their freedom. She wanted to say, I'm with you. I get it. And I just want to sit there for a second, and that's a really powerful statement. To be able to not simply give somebody a prescription or tell somebody what to do or tell somebody what not to do, but it's the ability to understand where a person is at and to say, I get it too. 
Because sometimes, a lot of times, there are situations in life where we might not need a prescription, which is something we need to do, or something not to do. And a lot of times, our internal compass, after a while, can give us prescriptions. Like, we know what to do, and we know what not to do. It's part of just being an adult and being mature is that you walk through life and you, you encounter a lot of circumstances and situations throughout the years and, every, and things begin to get predictable. You know that if you apply for a job and you don't get it, you go back and apply for another job and you don't quit applying for jobs, you eventually will get a job. You keep working, you keep putting your stuff out there, eventually you will get what you want because at the end of the day, you, you don't need... 500 jobs you need one job so you know that if you keep trying it will work out and you know that if you sit at home and you you know you're upset and you don't move for several days a job won't come so you know that over the years and that's just part of becoming mature a mature adult you know to pay your bills on time you know that you need to pick your child up at a certain time you know you need to groom and take care of yourself and a lot of these things become predictable. And then there comes times when we have decisions that we want to make. And they're good decisions. Maybe we want to open a nonprofit. And maybe we want to, you know, pursue a job in another state. And we have a gift or a talent, a particular gift or a particular talent that we want to express in a particular way. And it's unique to us. But it may not be unique to somebody else. And usually a lot of times there are people who are well-meaning, who, who want to support you and want to help you. But sometimes it's not helpful. It's well-meaning, but it's not helpful. So what do you do in that situation? And I think that's what Gaga was saying in this song. She was saying, I get it. I get it. I understand. No prescription. Just simply, I get it. I understand. And I'm with you. I'm not saying that this is a great experience that you have to dance in the dark. I'm not saying it's a good experience. I'm not saying it's a bad experience. It is just something that you are going through right now. And as we all go through it together. Yesterday was October 14th or 15th. Yesterday was October 15th. And along with yesterday being October 15th, it was National Pregnancy and Infant, Infant Loss Remembrance Day. And I belong to a writing group and a woman in the writing group wrote about that it was National Pregnancy and Infant Loss Remembrance Day. And she wrote about losing her firstborn. And just how we can take that time to remember what we lost and then move forward and celebrate you know, our other children 
And I remember it hit home with me because I have a tattoo on my left arm and it says Chase. And 13 years ago, I and my wife lost our son, Chase. And Chase would have been 13 years old. And what I appreciated about that is that we both understood the experience that we went through. And then there was another person in, in, in the writing group and talked about the struggles with fertility that her and her husband were having. And I remember having those same fertility problems and the battles going through it. But I also remembered my friends. And they were well, they loved us, they cared for us. And sometimes they would say things like, well, it's God's will or something good will happen and maybe this child wasn't for you and let's see what good will happen. You know, let's see what good will happen in the future. Look at it in a positive way. And uh, that's not helpful. In fact, it hurts. And why does it hurt? Well, because there was an event, a loss of something you'll never get back, Chase. And then the other women in the group, they're not going to get back those children. And that's not what someone would sign up for. They wouldn't sign up for that. They would not wish it to happen again. Sometimes I hear people say, well, I wouldn't have it any other way. And I would have it many other ways. You know, I think about my, my son that I have right now, who's awesome and incredible and whom we love. I don't say that we lost Chase because we were going to get my son today. I don't believe that. I wish I had both of them. But what I do believe is that he, my current son, was created for us and only for us and that he wouldn't exist if it wasn't for us. I don't see a situation or a scenario, and we adopted, I don't see a situation or a scenario where he would have existed without us. And that's just simply what I believe. Now, we don't know for sure. We'll find out on the other side. Now, Blaise Pascal said in Pascal's wager, that you can walk through life believing in a God and at the end if there is no God then you are there's no God but you at least lived your life hopefully or you can believe there's not a God and believe there's no hope and there's no joy there's no expectation and we're all just kind of masses of science 
and cells and DNA. And then we die and nothing happens. So Pascal said, why not just take the path that we know? That there's a guarantee, and it's even proven by science, that if you move through life in a positive, hopeful manner, being thankful for what you have, mourning your losses, celebrating your victories, and helping others, and choosing to walk that way, at least you lived a great life, right? So why not take that wager? And that's what Pascal says. And that is sort of like the only option we have. Because you can't be clairvoyant. As much as you try, we can't see the future. And even we can see the maybe outcomes that are possible, but we can't guarantee it. And that's sometimes I think what we want. We want a guarantee. But if we had a guarantee, how would that change us? Well, we do have some guarantees. We know the path, right? The path says that we are born and one day it will be over. That's what we know. Now, how we fill in those days is up to us. And what we want to do with the days we have is fill them up with our hopes, with our dreams, with our goals, with the people we care about, with the people we love. And guess what? We get a choice in that matter. We get to choose. Now, our choices are not without consequences. Our choices are not without the opinions of others. But guess what? An opinion is in the air and it floats away. Think about this. Literally. Because sometimes people say figurative things figuratively and then they make literal decisions. Like take, for example, somebody says something about you. You're a failure. You're no good. And then you sit at home and you think about those thoughts. Let them go. Let them go. Because think about this. If you are doing a math test and there's a math problem and it's something like 3 plus 3. And you put 7 by mistake and you go on to the next problem and it's... 3 plus 4, and you put 7 the right answer. So just because you made one mistake, that does not mean that your knowledge of math has completely gone away. You just made one mistake. And sometimes people will do that to you. They will look at one mistake you may have made, and then they will use that one mistake to sort of evaluate you as a person your talents and abilities. But you know what? Let them. Let them. And you know what? They probably aren't anyway. They pro Everybody is pretty much caring about themselves. So your mistake that you're thinking about, you made, somebody else has probably already forgotten about. 
you should forget about it too and you should move forward guess what opinions come and go your talents and your gifts are there for you so let's say you're an artist and you paint a picture and somebody doesn't like it so what you can still paint you can pick up the paintbrush and you can draw again let's say you're a writer and somebody says to you I don't like your writing it stinks you can say thank you and then you go back home you open the computer back up and you begin to write who decides the writers the artists the people who make videos we do now there's a difference here there are people who will decide who will get paid or who will get shown but that's a different business that's a different business Seth Godin talks about in his last akimbo podcast the idea of getting picked and in this day and age we don't need to get picked we can pick ourselves if we want to make a movie we can get out our phone and we can make a movie if we want to write we can get a blog and we can write if we want a podcast we can get a microphone and a hosting service and we can podcast we can do that so the using your gifts business this is the best time to use your gifts but then there's the results business then there's the money business but that's a different business and that requires you getting picked and the odds say that if you do what you love long enough someone will pick you you just need to keep doing it but that would show you what business you're in if you give up your art because no one's paying you then you never you might not have been an artist you might have just wanted a job as an artist and Elizabeth Gilbert has a, a wonderful TED talk where she talks about the idea of a job, a calling, a career, a vocation. And she breaks these things down into categories. And you should either read this in Big Magic or you should go listen to her TED talk. And she talks about these ideas. And guess what? It's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing at all. It's not bad. Like, if you want a job, then it's fine. We need to have jobs in order to fulfill the social contract. And if you take a job and you still want to be an artist, you can be an artist for 15 minutes a day. Okay? You can go work eight hours. You can be an artist for 15 minutes a day. Add that up. 365 days a year times 15. That's a lot of hours writing. That's an hour, a lot of hours writing. That means you wrote 365 days out of the year. And if you write 365 days out of the year, and you write for 15 minutes a day, that's 5,475 hours that you've worked in a year. And if you divide that by 7, and keep dividing you have yourself a very good amount of writing done 
in a year. And let's say you take that 15 minutes every day and you write and then you put it up on a blog every day and you build that habit. I don't know what's going to happen. Some people say you will get rich. Some people will say you need to do SEO and you need to do email chains and you need to do click marketing and you need to do this type of marketing. That's fine, but that's the marketing business. But then there's the art business. You will have 365 posts that you wrote, that you put out in the world that are there for people to see. And those people who see your work, they will know that you are a writer. And you have proof that you are a writer. Imagine this. You meet somebody who says they're a writer on the street. I'm a writer. What have you written? Well, I'm still working on it. Is that person a writer? They're thinking about writing. But what about this? What do you do? I'm a writer. Where can I see your work? What do you write? Well, I write on a blog and I write on LinkedIn and here's my blog. Can you go read my work? And if you like it, could you tell some people about it? And you see, that is what it means to do your work and to know that somebody's there with you. And a lot of times, we don't have that. We have the, are you writing every day? Oh, how much money are you making off of it? Here's how I can market it. Here's what I can do. No, I don't need that. Well, maybe I do, but usually that's going on inside of you. Like if you're writing a lot every single day, something internally will click and then we'll say, hey, I need to get this in front of more people. I need to come up with a marketing strategy, but that's a different business. But just acknowledge somebody in their effort. That's really what we need to do. A lot of us are out there working and working hard and working on a lot of projects and we continue to work and work and work and work and work and work and be productive. But you know what we also need? We need people to acknowledge the, the people who are working and working and working and working because that encourages them. It encourages other people to know that you are involved in the struggle with them. So when you see somebody who is pursuing something, don't say, oh man. What are you doing? How do you make money off of that? That's not encouraging. They know they need to make money. They do. Deep down, everybody knows they need to make money. They know they have bills to pay. But what we can do is encourage them in the pursuit of their dreams. And let that be enough. Trust them. Let that be enough connect with them know that they are struggling and fighting that they're battling a war and it's often a lonely one and a lot of people can't relate to it but maybe you have that dream and you have that goal and you're not there to give them a prescription you're not there to get them to conform to something that you don't even like Maybe you're there to listen. Maybe you're there to get inspired. So 
If you are someone who is in a position of influence and you have a friend who is trying hard to get to a position of influence, encourage them, help them, lead by example, show them the path, show them the road. Because we all are uncomfortable at one point or another and we're not clairvoyant. We can't see the future. We want a guarantee that everything is going to be okay. But in the end, we don't know. So what we need is people who are there for us, communities that walk side by side with us and know when to give a prescription and know when to just listen. There's a great book called The Coaching Habit. I would recommend picking it up. Look up the coaching habit. And the author of the book, Michael Basinger, talks about the advice monster. And he gives seven questions to ask people. And he says, resist giving advice. And we're going to want to give advice, but don't do it. Just ask people questions. And in fact, when you look up the guides, between the, the, the theory behind facilitative coaching or any sort of coaching is people will find their own answers or you sp allow themselves to speak themselves into their own power. And that's a hard thing to do as a listener to sort of like listen and ask questions and then people will find their way to their own answers. But that takes trust. It also takes a whole lot of empathy on our part. And then just maybe wait, wait on someone until someone asks you a question and see what happens. And this is hard. I, 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 can't, I, I often follow into this myself. I, 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 I tell people what to do. I give prescriptions. And I think people give me grace. But in the end, let's really try to listen with empathy. and allow people to find their way to their power. You see, we're all uncomfortable in our bodies. We're all uncomfortable in our skin. It's a part of being human. We all don't like to talk about it, but it's true. Does it make it any less true? The things that we don't talk about exist inside of us. It's stirring around in everyone. So, this is Stephen Thompson. Thank you for being on the Stephen Thompson Experience today. I know there are people out there who listen to me. I look at my stats. I see that there's people in Sweden. There's people in Tanzania. There's people on the West Coast. There's people on the East Coast. Thank you so much for listening to the Stephen Thompson Experience. I don't know you. Some of you I do. But for those of you who I don't know, especially those of you who are in Sweden or any other country or any part of the state, that's not California, write to me, the Stephen Thompson experience at gmail.com. I would love to hear from you. I would love to send you something just to say thanks for listening for all of this time because I've been doing the Stephen Thompson experience now for over a year. And I am grateful that I have this opportunity to do the Stephen Thompson experience, to talk to people, to use my talents, my vision, my dreams. I love doing research. I love music. 
I don't know who this audience is. I'm not trying to get rich. If people paid me, I would love it. But I do love having this piece of digital real estate. I love doing research. I love talking to people. And thank you. So anyway, this is Stephen Thompson. This is Stephen Thompson Experience. I'll be back again tomorrow. Going to be finishing off the Lady Gaga series with Born This Way. And then we're going to be moving on to a new series to finish out the month of October. This is Stephen Thompson. And this has been my experience.